Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallat. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screen Savers podcast, and today we are discussing Megan, the story of an AI toy who turns sinister. It's the new Blumhouse production, new James Wan produced. It's our first major release of 2023, and what a way to kick it off. Uh, I'm pleased with it. This is about a toy designer workaholic, Gemma, who becomes the guardian of her niece after the girl's parents are killed in an auto accident. For her niece, Gemma designs an AI friend who is impressively advanced, but whose programming soon turns sinister. This is directed by Gerard Johnstone, who's uh, made some cool like horror comedy indie projects, which I think was a big reason why he was chosen for this movie. It was written by Akila Cooper, who also wrote Malignant and Hellfast from the past few years. The story was done by her and James Wan. And, of course, as I mentioned, this is produced by James Wan and Jason Blum, who really are two of the most successful horror creators of the 21st century. Before we get to Megan, just just a quick thing about the two of them. So Wan last directed Malignant, which I Matt, I know is like a campy favorite of yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Malignant. Um, and I, I knew I was going to like Megan quite a bit, just considering how much I like Malignant. Yeah, so he's had such a fascinating career because being involved in all these really modern classic horror franchises, Saw, Insidious, all those, and but then also, you know, Fast and Furious, and the next movie of his that he directed is coming out is the Aquaman sequel, which is in, like, such a weird state of limbo because... It's been already been produced. It's set to release, but now DC is like, yeah, everything we've done before, eh, forget about it. <laughs> I don't know. Shazam's coming out this year. Yeah, we'll Shazam, see. Fury of the Gods. The, so. the fl- <clears throat> I'm sorry, the fl- <clears throat> fl- fl- Flash, the Flash. Yeah, no, <laughs> no need to mention that one. And <laughs> yeah, then. <absolutely. laughs> And then Blumhouse, right? Blumhouse has become this premier, not not even just horror. They do a lot of other cool stuff too, but uh, largely this horror production company. They've made great films. And last like Firestarter. Well, I was going to get to their <laughs> 2022 release. But, you know, whether, whether or not how you feel about the films, they've really made some lasting franchises. The Purge, Insidious, even like helped produce Whiplash, The Visit, Split, Get Out, Us. The Invisible Man, which is a really good movie. And I was going to say, did not have, I don't think had the best 2022. It's not a criticism. It just kind of happens. They produced Vengeance from last year. They did, right? So they did have Firestarter, which was really bad. They had The Black Phone, which I think was uh, very good, but not great. It was a, I very much enjoyed it. It was a little bit under my expectations, I would say. Mr. Harrigan's phone on Netflix, right? Vengeance, which we all very much enjoyed. We interviewed Grayson Barry from that film. That was a great time. They Slash Them, which was very bad. Halloween Ends, which was very bad. Uh, Run, Sweetheart, Run. I'm going to be honest, I didn't see that one. So maybe not the best year, but considering we're starting with Megan, I'm optimistic. So why don't we get to it? Matt, what did you think of Megan? Well, like I said, I enjoyed Malignant. (laughs) <laughs> keeping it <laughs> well like i said i i enjoyed malignant quite a bit i knew this was right written by the same writer and i was already in on it 
and the trailer had me sold. I thought it looked very good, like almost good in the sense that like it has a nice balance of campy sort of comedic horror to it. Uh, for I thought it was pretty solid. I even thought the horror elements were pretty solid for PG thirteen horror, which I know they gotta kind of get creative with PG thirteen horror because they can't have all the gore and like super mature themes. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a really good job at that. Um, I really can't think of too much I didn't like about it. It just it was very solid. And considering this time last year we were watching the three five five. I'd say it's a great way to kick off 2023. No doubt. Tyler, what did you think? Matt, I'm glad you mentioned the 355 because me and Matt and Mike were just talking about that before we came on. <laughs> it was much better start. Uh, so I thought this, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was kind of silly. The premise was silly, but they rolled with that. They didn't take itself too seriously, and I thought that worked so well. Mm-hmm. Um I, I definitely was entertained throughout. This was like an hour and a half about, so it didn't drag at all. It was, excuse me, it was entertaining throughout. And I really, it really played in my fears of just like, my nieces have like these super lifelike dolls and they're so creepy. And like, I know they're coming to life at some point and killing people. So, you know, <laughs> it fit my fears. So that worked. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I wonder how this is going to tie into Barbie later this year, speaking of dolls <laughs> and coming I just, to life. <laughs> that's true. I just want to make a mention of your point, Matt. You said the PG-13 horror. So this was originally meant to be rated R. They, After the first trailer did so well on like social media with younger people, they cut it to be PG-13, which oh. it did work. It made a lot of money, so that worked. But they did tease there is a much gorier R-rated cut, so I hope that does see the light of day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I so I was going to ask you guys about that, and I'm glad you brought it up. I I would say maybe I'm the least affinitive to gore on the podcast. It's, it's not a necessary ingredient for me to enjoy a horror film. It's a little bit ironic because I love slasher films so much, but it, it's, it's not the gore for me. I really did like this as a PG-13 movie, and I think it makes sense, right? One, like you said, the marketing response, but also this is about a topic that is pertinent to the age group that could be targeted with a PG-13 rating. So I thought it was very appropriate. I didn't really think there was anything lost. Like, besides gore, I don't really know what else besides a bunch of swearing that they could have put in that was really you know, oh, I missed this, they should have made it R. Uh, But it didn't bother me at all. So supposedly, from what the writer said, this is kind of spoilery, kind of not. So just kind of skip ahead if you think it is. But um, apparently there's more kills. All right, so I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to ask you guys a question Mm -hmm. in a few minutes. Uh, Let me first tell you guys about my theater experience with this. So I wanted to go on the Thursday opening night because I wanted to get it out of the way before the weekend, see it early. When I pre-selected my seat, I knew it was a crowded theater, but I chose one of the few seats away from people. You know, maybe the seat next to me would be filled, maybe it wouldn't, whatever. I get in, and for the next two hours, right, and this is with a half hour of previews and everything, a group of people in the front was vaping, and the smoke would like rise onto the screen. <laughs> they got up a million times. They oh. talked. 
there was a kid running up and down the stairs at least three times, like <laughs> clomping, and the woman next to me, who was very sweet and very kind, but she was the kind of person that cannot go two minutes without making some sort of noise, just like physically impossible for her to do it. And this was for a horror movie, so crazy things are happening on the screen, and there was a reaction every 45 seconds. She hadn't... I, what? I, I just want to say, this is a universal thing with horror films. Horror films, universally the worst movie audiences, especially when it's like a viral horror movie. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, PG-13 horror is definitely fodder for just terrible theater experiences. I mean, Tyler, do you remember when we saw The Black Phone? I can't remember if you were there, Mike. Were you there for that, too? Um, I don't know if I saw it with you guys this, or not. This I'm row not sure. of, like, 20 dude bros took yes. up, like, the front row, and they were, like, laughing at all the serious parts. Oh, no, I wasn't there. And one dude yeah. straight up, like, someone, like, straight up farted in the theater <laughs> and <laughs> sent these dude bros just into just... Um, uh, just a, a storm of laughter. It was the worst. Well, these things. I mean, at least the, unlike this woman, she had an entire meal with her, and at one point was going with a bag. And I, I was literally about like, "Hey, do you need help? Like, I'll open it for you." And then I did offer her, and she's like, "No, I got it. Do you want some?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't even know what it was because it was dark." And I'm like, no thank. Like I'm gonna reach in the bag and feel something wet and slime. Like no thank you. It was a box of art, uh, art the clown cereal. Yeah, I get uh, with razor no blades. Thank you. Right when the movie started, there's there's more. Right when the movie started, the second it came on, her phone started ringing, and she <laughs> cannot slide the button. You know, she's put tapping her finger. Uh, 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 I can't get it and then I'm like alright whatever she'll shut it off and it'll be fine and then she answers it and I'm like what is going on I, I don't understand it people why do you pay to come to a theater and do anything besides watch a movie you're doing Wait. everything besides the purpose of being here did she have a full on conversation during the movie like didn't leave or anything no, it was not. Sh it was not long, but it was like, "Why are you answering the phone?" Don't answer the phone. You no. you put that to voicemail. No, it's like the black phone. Pick up the phone. No, don't or hang pick up, up the, the phone. phone. Did she not see the Amazon Prime commercial where everyone's telling you not to be on the phone before the movie? Uh, enough with that. You I'm know, not... listen. You know what's funny about this story is you said you saw it opening night, right? Yeah. I saw it on discount day, and I had pretty much the quietest audience ever, aside from <laughs> some person aggressively, like, scratching themselves behind me, like, <laughs> but, like, aggressively fast. It was a little weird. I had the strangest theater experience, whereas me and Haley were, like, in the middle of the theater, and, like, in the middle seats of the row, and Every row just seemed to have the, like, two middle seats full. Yeah, same here. And, like, straight down the whole row, uh, movie. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why did any... Why is this, like, so choreographed? <laughs> so, Matt, I while... Was, go ahead. While I was sitting there in this horrible theater, I said to myself... Because you and I went to two different venues. You went to the most abandoned mall in America, <laughs> and I did not. And I thought to myself, because I had looked at the times before... I said, you know, there's a later showing 
at the place you went to, and I know that nobody's going to be there, and that yeah. would be fine. But I'd already watched like the first 10 minutes, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this again. Like, I'll just stick it out. And I'll say, all this is to say, all this is to say, it's a compliment to Megan, because I still thoroughly enjoy the movie. It I is. Agree. It's yeah. It's creepy, but not like intensely scary. I think the script is a lot smarter than it needs to be for this mm-hmm. kind of movie. You know, it is like a classic horror structure. I, I enjoyed how smart they made Megan. She was as manipulative as she was violent. She It wasn't just like, you know, a, a switch got flicked and all of a sudden she's a killing machine and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I did like, I like that this movie is not about a fear of technology, but it is about technology substituting in for parenting, which is a very real thing nowadays, and what that does to kids, and what that does to their relationships with the people who care for them, and all that kind of stuff. But Matt, Matt, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, the abandoned mall movie theater was definitely fitting for a movie like this. Also, very in a, a very underrated venue if you can get over the fact that it's in a basically abandoned mall. Um, that's where we saw Babylon, and that was great. Um, if you're looking for a good, like, movie theater experience with not a ton of people, definitely look for your nearest movie theater inside of Abandoned Mall. There should have been a viral marketing campaign by the makers of Megan, where, like, once you walk out into that Abandoned Mall, you just see, like, the (laughs) Megan doll, like, down the hall. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been really good. I thought everybody in this did a very nice job. Allison Williams as Gemma, she was great. She really played up that she seems uncomfortable with being a parent, right? She's a very much a very brilliant workaholic and doesn't have much time in her life for other people so that when she becomes the sole parent of this girl, you know, it, it did seem she seemed not ready for it. And I thought she had great chemistry with Violet McGraw, who I, I don't think think i'd ever seen before as katie she's very young they had wonderful you know sometimes it was a little awkward and then they kind of grow more and i thought violet mcgraw did a really great job at showing the different sides the different attitudes that children can have and really like the evolving effects of tech withdrawal that happens to kids especially nowadays like trust me it's real. When you take a kid's phone away, sometimes even for 10 minutes, they're like, they can't take it sometimes. I'm not saying all of them, but certainly some of them. It's it's really insane. And I liked Ronnie Chang as David. He was very funny. What was he just in recently that I'm trying to remember? I feel like I just um, saw him in something. I'm going to look it up. Tell me what you like about the movie as I look it up. I was a little mad at the movie about what they what happened with the dog i mean normally this would be a spoiler but did the dog die is kind of an important thing to people so the dog does die um effective jump scare though were you upset that the dog died yeah yeah because it wasn't it wasn't the dog's fault it was the owner's fault i firmly believe that i feel like it was off screen enough where it wasn't that bad yeah. No, it, I mean, it wasn't as disgusting and as, as egregious as VHS 2, but um, also don't watch VHS 2 if you like <laughs> for, dogs. For No, for um, if you're a human being, don't watch VHS 2. Not, not good. I want to give my tip my hat to Amy Donald, who played, I believe, the physical version of Megan. 
And then the voice was done by Jenna Davis, two wonderful young performers. I really love the design of the doll because she was humanoid enough where, you know, it's like quick glance and you think it's a real girl. But then there was just that like that uncanny valley thing where it's like, you know, something's not right here. And it was the perfect like unsettling effect. Thought that was really great. Let me ask you guys this. And Tyler, this goes to the point that you were talking about before with more kills. Is this a slasher movie? Would you categorize it as that? In in the form it is now, I don't. Um, it kind of comes to be a like starts a slasher later in the movie, but I don't really consider it a slasher. I think that's that might have been what they were going for. I don't know what else you would box it as. Like what? What else you would call it? I don't know. It could be a tech paranoia slasher. I mean, not that it has to be in a box. And by the way, Ronnie Chang was in Shang Chi, which I forgot about. Yeah, and he was also in Godzilla vs Kong. No, which... it was it was Doogie Kamaloha, MD. I don't think it was. <laughs> and if it was, you didn't you didn't tell us about that one. <laughs> what I like about this as a tech movie is that you know so many tech movies come out today and it's like oh these young texting brats let's go back to the old days (laughs) and that's all well and good and yeah technology certain has its problems i like that this movie places the responsibility on the older generation right they are the ones who make and provide the technology that replaces them Right? They are mm-hmm. inventing their own proxies for the kids. I'm just glad we didn't get another caricature of Steve Jobs or Tim Cook <laughs> as the that's, tech boss. That's a really good point, yeah. <laughs> I I do enjoy that they just ripped off a company that already exists, though. Literally location and everything and just changed one letter to be the toy company. Hmm. Like It's literally just Funko in Seattle. And they're like, no, it's funky <laughs> with an eye. That's a completely different thing. <laughs> the adults in this movie, it's it's funny. They, you know, it, it brings up this question of, well, why do they even exist then? Right? If technology could take care of the kids, what is the function of adults? And in this world, as, as evidenced by Ronnie Chang's character, as evidenced by... Uh, the his assistant who like tries to steal the company secrets, which I want to come back to. Yeah. It's it's like even Gemma at times. It's like oh, adults just exist to make money and to again design the products that are eventually going to eliminate them. Right? There was a little allegory there too. It's it's like we make the things and then the world overtakes us. Right? We're making these things that will eventually destroy us. So a little tech paranoia in there. And also this question of, it kind of struck me later in the film of, should AI expect humanistic good treatment, right? If you are making an artificial intelligence or an artificial life, should that being, whether you consider them really sentient or not, or if you consider their sentience artificial, should they expect to be treated like the human being that they are meant to resemble? I don't know if this movie dives incredibly deep into that, like something like Ex Machina does, 
but it did bring it up again this you know i i don't think this is the deepest film that i've ever seen but it it did have these little twitches of of some really good stuff that i really appreciated as i was listening to (laughs) still that's really interesting (laughs) still better than my knives out theater experience oh i think i mentioned it before yeah the one was pointing out all the locations to you yeah yeah we'll we'll talk about this on the year in review episodes but i had some wild theater experiences in 2022 (laughs) not and this, this was not a good start. I really don't think that I'm going to a screening with more than six people for the next several months because that was awful, awful. I was like, get me out of here. All right, we're going to get into some spoilers now for Megan. Talk about some of the cool specific scenes here. Starting with the opening, I didn't really see this coming with uh, Katie in the car with her parents and they're on the snowy road She's not paying attention to them. Again, a very, very true-to-life, accurate scene, for real. Tyler, what are, I'm going to ask, what are the names of the lifelike dolls that your niece plays with? I have no idea. <laughs> Why would I know that? I don't know, like Baby or Alive or some crap? I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I was just curious. It made me think of it, because she was playing with that that toy that uh the perpetual pet the perpetual pet (laughs) which i i love the biting satire right in the beginning like that it's like oh my dog died oh well this toy won't die (laughs) this toy will outlive you (laughs) or whatever (laughs) the pet that will outlive you yeah (laughs) you're right and you raise a good point right another thing the movie brings up is like technology and not even just technology i don't mean to be like tech 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 is bad but tech as constant stimulus, right? Always having something uh, like a happy drug right in front of you as a pacifier, as a way to not deal with the thing that you should be dealing with because that stuff is painful and I don't want to do that. I just want to watch a TikTok because it's funny for 14 seconds. So I, thank you for bringing that up. I did like that as well. Did you guys see the, the truck coming because katie's parents didn't i did a hundred percent i love the part they're like what was it what was the line (laughs) i have no idea i can't i can't remember but i'm i'm just like you know there's gonna be a truck yeah they're they're like no one can see us on this road i hope no one like runs they're like basically telegraphed it (laughs) yeah I was not paying that close attention. My my attention was was divided. <laughs> you I, were just I, focused on the perpetual pet, and you're like, I don't want a perpetual pet. <laughs> I was, and I I really did like the the commercials that they made for these toys. I'm like, you know, they they ratcheted up the ridiculousness a bit, but I'm like, those look like toy commercials it, look. It, yeah. Aside from the duh, like, yo, my dog died. Like, I could absolutely see that. I'm like a kids tv network playing now i'll ask you guys this in relation to that because then there's the part later where ronnie chang's character does like the oh he's doing the the ad and he says something like kids can enjoy this toy even if their parents didn't die (laughs) which it's like it's like okay i get the joke but like in the reality of the world like he wouldn't say that no i mean this particular world was very grossly consumerist, so 
I mean, so is our world, but still. True. Yeah, Charlie Brown was preaching that decades ago. But did you guys think this movie was funny? Did you enjoy the humor of it? I did. Yes, largely. Also, starting out strong for our 2023 best PG-13 F word. Give it to one. us. <laughs> when the kid's like, the mom's like talking to her kid. And he's like, fuck off, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that that was like the biggest reaction my theater gave when that happened. Oh really? See, I didn't see the truck coming. I saw that coming from nine miles away. I did away. too, but yeah. like it got my theater. And I thought it was funny too, like just so sudden. Like his, I was not expecting how deep his voice was. And the whole, yeah, this movie cut deep at parts too when she's like, when Megan was like, do you think heaven exists for boys like Brandon? <laughs> uh, yeah, again, it's another like really strong moral question. <laughs> movie, movie as smart a script that it that it has any right to. I also like that Megan doesn't turn bad right away; that it's very gradual. Which yeah. again, there are no strings on me. Yeah. In another movie, this is like she gets a little wet and something in her programming short circuits and then she just starts like clobbering everybody over the head with a hammer. But she she was smart and calculating and I thought that was really cool. Do we put Dewey the dog on our memoriam segment? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of a similar question to Brandon. Dewey? Brandon? No. No, he's he's not in a better place. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> I didn't feel bad for him at all. I got to be honest. Dewey was a, a, a bit of a frightening dog, I have to say. And not, respons- not responsible pet ownership from from the woman, from Celia. This, this dog did have jump scares down to a T, though. Like, yeah. He yeah. just popped up and it was, oh. <laughs> everyone, everyone around him is like, ah, there's a dog. I didn't sense a dog coming right up to me. <laughs> Another really smart scene that I thought had a nice a nice turn to it was when Katie is in like the demonstration room with Megan. This is after the product has been developed and they're showing it like to like the higher toy execs and you know expect it to be fun and stuff and then she's just like, "Oh, I'm sad that my parents died." And all the execs are like, "Oh, man, what is this?" And then <laughs> Megan like comforts her completely and I'm like, "That's a really smart screenwriting turn." I I, I really uh Thought that was good. I lost it when she started singing Titanium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a musical moment that got me more later, so I, I will save it. So, you know, we get we get good scenes like that, and then we get the killing of the neighbor Celia with, what was that, like, a, was she kill her with a, a power washer? washer. Yeah, it was a power washer with, like, pesticide in it. Cause oh, that's it had, right, because she was using it earlier. Yeah. Did you guys like that? Did you, did you guys think this movie was scary? It had its moments. Unnerving. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it was an outright scary thing, but like it had creepy parts. I thought it kept a creepy, consistent tone, and I, I really appreciated that. 
I thought the detective was the weirdest character. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like I don't think he knew what role he was supposed to <laughs> Also, he just dipped immediately after that one scene. Yeah, like, he's just gone. She's like, are you trying to build a... Are you trying to connect these? And he's like, huh? Oh, no, no, not at all. Like, it just, you know, it's just both are homicides, I guess. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this guy? Like, is, is this his first day as a detective? <laughs> It was strange, but I will say this. He did something unique, and he stood out in in an incredibly small part. And I I appreciate it. I admire that guy for it. He was funny. Who's the better cop, him or the cops from Morbius? Because they did about the same amount of work. Well, he doesn't immediately start shooting up seven floors into civilian territory. Yeah. Anything could be up there. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> so no, they were worse. They were terrible. Even the killing of Brandon, like Brandon was not a nice boy, but they made it. <laughs> he's a it, very bad boy. He's a bad boy, but they made it so gnarly that I was like, oh God. And then I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, when he gets run over and there's like the smear on the road, I'm like, that is just like awful no matter who it is. And then like the you know, the poor mom that is just like right there at the event and I'm like I like they, they <laughs> did well by not showing her after to keep the the humorous tone. I like the little line she gave too, like it, it was very smartly written. She's like, Oh, they say IQ doesn't develop until later in life or something like that. She's like trying to make all these little excuses about why this like Oh, you hit a growth spurt. Yeah, just don't don't even get me started. I, not a road I want to go down. Too too close to home. Not a road I want to go down. <laughs> the fight between Gemma and Katie when she's when Katie is like fighting with the therapist and she's very much hitting her highest like withdrawal. I thought this was the moment where it really showed that like the devices that are so close to our hearts are just like extensions of ourselves now. And when they're gone, it's like, a pa- I, like, I don't know what to do. Right. And, you know, you guys tell me if you've joined this, but I've certainly had feelings where like, I haven't known, you know, I leave my phone in another room or somewhere and I like, don't know where it is for a second. I'm like, Oh God, where do I leave it? If like, if I leave it somewhere, like, Oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, would you guys agree with that? If you had that experience? Absolutely. If I accidentally go into the bathroom without my phone, I'm just sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) How am I supposed to pass this time? I agree. Yeah. You guys don't keep a a joke book or an old Woman's World magazine on the back of your your toilet? It's 2023, Mike. Come on. You know better. Yeah. Woman's World is still being produced, so don't stop the party. One thing that I was like, I don't really know what this is about, was the assistant guy stealing all the Megan files. So, I thought that was going in a completely different direction towards the end. Yeah. I I thought it was more like he was into children. Oh. Oh, I did not no. think that. That's what I got. With I forgot he made a comment on the kid. And I was like, oh, is that why he stole the video? Like, it wasn't to steal company secrets? And then they're like, they're like no, it's to steal company secrets. I'm like, then why'd you give me that vibe? With them being all weird and creepy. I, I didn't get that I forget vibe. what the scene was, but that's what I got from it. And I thought that's where it was going. 
the vibe I got, which I thought they were going and then they didn't go that way, is I thought that him stealing the secrets was going to be what corrupted Megan. Like, something he, like, removed some kind of, like, inhibitor chip or something. Or inhibitor file. That oh, that's what I set see. her off. I thought that's kind of where it was going, but that's not where it went. Which I'm glad it didn't, because, again, I'm glad this is not an oh, Megan malfunctioned movie. Yeah. It is, oh, Megan is a growing into a, a human being like anybody else. She's technically doing what they programmed her to do. Exactly, which I, I, I think is the the intelligence of the movie. I, I, that will bring me to the red hallway scene, which I thought was the creepiest of the movie. Whatever song, I don't know the title, whatever song that they were playing, that was really good to like the, this is like, oh, this is creeping me out now. And they cut it so well. Uh, David's running down the hall. It's this like blood red walls. And then he gets it in the back as he's going into the elevator. And then once she was like, oh, I think Kurt is the assistant name. When yeah. she says she like blackmails him and she's going to make him the scapegoat of, oh, you killed your boss because he found out you're stealing secrets or whatever. I was like, oh, oh I'm, they set that up so well. This is really smart. And then she just kind of kills him anyway. And I was like. It was a murder-suicide. I was like, yeah, okay. I feel like they could have kept that going, but... But I, I I, thought it was stupid because there's no way he could have just driven that that deep into himself. Like, <laughs> how deep she did it by himself. So I cannot believe that he did that. But I just don't know... I don't know why she had to explain him to him that she was going to frame it as a murder-suicide... Like, couldn't she have just killed them both without the explanation or That's without what, the stealing yeah. of secrets? Yeah. Also, they probably have cameras in the building, so, like, your, your <laughs> explanation's not going to last very long. Speaking of explanations, I hope this isn't getting too far ahead, but I want to know how she explains the whole events of the movie, Gemma. Like... I was thinking that, too. <laughs> like, um, like, wouldn't she technically be accountable? That's what I thought, like... Maybe she just kind of just been like, well, it's a horrible coincidence. Like, these people just ended up dying. <laughs> Not mentioning the doll at all. I mean, I guess we don't... Do we hold Oppenheimer accountable for creating the atomic bomb? Uh, that's, again, just not a question that I want to get into right now. That's just... You're, you're really bringing the heat to this this Megan podcast. That was, uh, they actually, they cut a scene. There's a deleted scene where the police are interviewing her, and she's like, I am become death. <laughs> no, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, Yes. I mean, obviously, we're supposed to just shrug it off because it's a movie, but... Yes, I do get what you're saying, and that was my first thought immediately. It was like, she's still at fault. She created this technology, but then how does that work? Yeah. Hopefully she just gets that detective assigned to her case, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. I don't really know what's going on, but, you know, I found an ear. This is the second statement from you in a week. <laughs> yeah, it's not really. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Your neighbor's dead. Your neighbor's dog is dead. A boy at your daughter's camp is dead. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> When Gemma comes back home and Megan is playing the piano, it took me a second, and then I went, "Oh, she's playing Toy Soldiers by she Martika," and I'm like, "Wow, th this is great! I really love that." So that that was my favorite musical moment. And then again, it's like, "Oh, okay, we see that 
Megan's gonna kill Gemma. And, you know, it does kind of eventually turn into, like, a fight between them. But first, it is like, listen, I don't need you to die. I just need you to hand over the child to me, right? Which, again, the metaphor of handing over kids to technology versus actually human-to-human parenting and all that kind of stuff. So it just added a little extra layer beyond the classic, all right, I'm just going to kill the parent, and then I will... What? I just want to say I didn't really understand the, her plan. She's going to paralyze... Uh, I forget her name. Gemma. Gemma. She's going to paralyze her. They're still going to take Katie away. They're not just going to leave him with a person who can't or, take care I of her. I thought it was she was going to paralyze Katie so that she can you know, keep an eye on her at all times. No, because she even said, like, Katie, you can do it and paralyze her for me and gave her the pen to do it. Which didn't make sense because she'd still be taken away if Gemma was unfit to take care of her. They wouldn't just be like, ah, her and her doll can handle it. But then we get the best yet most predictable scene in the movie right there. (laughs) Is that when Bruce the robot shows up? Yeah. We have another member of the family. (laughs) (laughs) The little punching the things together was a little goofy. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was badass. Now, did did you see it from minute one of the film? Yes. But it was still great. That was was the... um, To me, that was the the big Gabriel police station scene of this movie. From from Malignant. Like, just totally badass. Totally goofy, but totally badass. That was even more wild than this. I I thought the action was pretty good in this. But then, you know, my my issue with a lot of horror movies is that we get a dun-dun-dun ending. And I'm not generally a fan of dun-dun-dun endings. You know, maybe decades ago when it was still fresh. But now it's like, okay, you made a good story. There's a resolution. Why do you have to be like... But now she's taken over the home device. Money. Well, that was that was set up earlier in the film, though, too, though. Because she was right, taking over devices, and I get it. But like, you're just doing it and then closing the movie so that there's gonna be a sequel. I don't know. It's just not well, my favorite. I think I think they do it. I don't know if they're necessarily planning a sequel now, much like they did with Malignant, because they kind of did the same thing in Malignant. They kind of left it on a bit of a like a hmm. They could do something with that. But in in that way, do a sequel, cool. Don't do a sequel, it's fine. It's more like a, oh no. I believe they already have a sequel in the works, if I'm not mistaken. I think this well, did surprisingly well, and I've read that James Wan has an idea of where he would like the sequels yeah. to go. I, I want to know, what what's your guys' best title for the Megan sequel? M- Morgan. <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> I was thinking more like two Megans. And she's got a twin. She makes two Megans, and it's about two Megans who get into Megan things. It's just, it's just two Megans. Is that what you're bringing <laughs> to the studio, two, two Megans? I'm curious. Where do you think it's going to go? Do you think this is going to be another, like, they're haunt, haunting Gemma and Katie again? Or is this going to be, like, now she's going worldwide and taking over more things? See, I, I'm, I'd be interested in a sequel just because I'm not 100% sure where they would go with it. 
I'm thinking they go worldwide and she starts taking over like actual like infrastructure and stuff and then you get like crazy. I mean, I mean you got you got seeds to that in this movie she's able to take over certain devices, so I I could see that. It's going to go worldwide and she's going to take over everything and then in the end the twist is going to be that it's just Katie playing the latest version of Watch Dogs and that's it. <laughs> Santa from Violent Night he was right. Kids just want video games, and that's a bad thing. <laughs> then we all play Watch Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> the lamest series that should be much better than it is. I didn't expect this to, to come to Watch Dogs slander. <laughs> no one did. But I just want to make some Watch Dogs slander here. They, they pitched us, like, what if you could hack anything? And they're like, you can move a car back or forth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, true. thanks, Ubisoft. <laughs> I like wh- what would you, what would you like to do besides moving a car back and forth? Because that's all <laughs> I've know. ever dreamed I mean, of doing. But like, you can scan someone and see their name and occupation. <laughs> oh, so like the kid from old. <laughs> like what he he wants. To <laughs> exactly. Do. You have the powers of the kid from old, but you're just less expositionary. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact i did see which like this was an enemy in the game so very bad one of the enemies was 16 years old in that game and he was a navy seal as his occupation <laughs> i don't think this is right dude he was special ops <laughs> he was peewee seals uh, any final thoughts on megan definitely go check it out i recommend it i think most people will have at least a moderately good time with it, if not a, a fantastic time. It's a fun time. I'm definitely interested to see the R-rated cut. I hope that does come out yeah. at some point. Yeah, I'd, I'd go see a sequel tomorrow. Uh, I'd be excited for that. Well, if you, the listener, saw Megan or you're interested in seeing it, you can contact us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaversPod. You can write to us at SilverScreensaversPod at gmail.com rate and review on apple podcasts spotify whatever platform you use did i give our incorrect twitter and instagram handle i'm gonna say it again it's at screensavers pod and our facebook is silver screensavers podcast matt where can you be found online you can find me over at maddie x sturds s-t-u-r-d-z that's on instagram twitter and letterboxd tyler you can find me on instagram and twitter at tyler sutkus and on letterboxd at tyler 96 and I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at MGallet. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay down to bone. I am Titanium. Silver Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallet, Tyler Sukis, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant. Intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay. Logo designed by Nathan Seidel. 